Welcome to iHeartGeek. And welcome to another episode of iHeartGeek. I'm so happy with this with with my team today. I am so happy. We we are this is a two-part show we're doing today. We're doing Harry Potter. Harry Potter is so freaking huge, we had to split it into two weeks because it's We're freaking Harry, Harry Potter, Potter and Harry Potter. Yeah, and it, it's to- I'm totally it's yeah. I've written two different <laughs> scripts and everything. So with me today is Christina and Satomi and Chris, Hi. all the way from Broadway. You guys just Woo. like rocking out. Wow, you know we li- we literally teleported from the Majestic Theater into our homes. To do the show. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, I I just want this for like a minute. I want to hear. Because we haven't heard from you guys since you got came back from Broadway. How is it being back? Ah. You guys, it's so good. <laughs> it, it really is. <laughs> I mean, right, Chris, it's like I the first night we had a, a for the invited dress and the first night we had like a live audience. I was like, oh, it's a you know, it's a dress, it'll be fine. It'll be all about opening night. Walked out heard the audience lose their minds and proceeded to ugly cry and like hold on to it as I was ugly crying and then laughing and then ugly crying. Thank God I'm wearing a veil at that point in the show. (laughs) See, I am not wearing a veil and I'm carrying the box of skulls and that first invited dress I I was like crying on stage. I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because like I'm right in front of the chandelier and then of course the first time that chandelier went up uh with people Ugh. like as oh. soon as i got off stage because i pulled the chandelier i'm like oh my god we're back so it's been it's been really fun it's like coming home yeah basically yes. oh and i got married yeah. i got married <laughs> yeah the, the, this has been the talk on facebook the, the facebook page that was for a good couple of weeks we were discussing that so i'm like wow I was so there. It was awesome. She, there were donuts. Was. There were donuts. <sighs> yes. I wanted to go and I couldn't because you were so invited. Vegas yeah. to Jersey sucks. Uh, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things. Love y'all. <laughs> okay. So getting back to the show that we're actually talking about today, we're doing Harry Potter. We're doing, this is part one and we are kind of melding the books and the movies into each other. So, uh, if you guys, if you're a snob about the books or a snob about the movies, shut up. Um, we're kind of we're putting it together. I don't care anymore. I just don't care anymore. Just, just, just shut your mouth. Enjoy it for what it is. They're the same uh, and different. They're like they're, you they're know, different. They're like and we're going to discuss that. They we're have their own that. personality. Yes. I, I don't know if we discussed that on this episode or the next one, but I it, it's written in the script. So today we are discussing. Books or movies one through four, which are the Philosopher's Stone, which is that's a controversial thing right there. Uh, the Chamber of Secrets, the Prisoner of Azkaban, and Goblet of Fire. Which should oh, have been a wow. two-part movie. I'm just saying. That one should yes, have been the two-parter, not the second one, because the second one they just you know, we'll get to that on the second one. We'll get show. to it. We'll get to it. Ugh. So out of these four ep- these four books movies, which one is your guys' favorite? Um, let's start with Christine on this one real quick. Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner? Why? Yeah. Um, be very because Harry finds so much more than what he had. Like, Fair enough. There's there's a lot of heartache, there's a lot of joy, there's a lot of mystery. So nice. So tell me. 
Goblet of Fire. I'm straight up Goblet I of love Fire Goblet, on that yeah. one. Um, you know, it's it's where I felt like the books really started growing up. You know, we yeah. went we, we will went be hitting from, that. Yes. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. Well, it's, it's I, I'm not cutting you off, but that is an important topic that we need to talk about on. Oh, yeah. And if we're happy with it, what about you? What about you, Mr. Chris? Uh, like Satomi, uh, my favorite book is The Goblet of Fire. It's the turning point of the entire series. Mm-hmm. It goes from this, uh, you know, fantasy book for kids to this really dark, serious, but fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, series, but it's it's like Tommy said, it's where the books and the characters had to grow up, yeah, because of the circumstances. Plus, it's the best one. It's just the best one. <laughs> I okay. mean, we love a competition, right? I, I ah, okay. So here's here's the deal with me on this one. There's things I love about all of these. Of the course. book I would probably take Goblet of Fire just because it is more grown up. But the movies, I like Philosopher's Stone because it feels there's there's that whimsy about it. And, you know, watching with my kids in that moment is just you. are It is everything Disney should be. It's everything that, you know, a fantasy movie should be. It's just happy and there's hope and the colors are correct. And it's just <laughs> that's so interesting because I. You know, maybe it was maybe it was because I came to the books first. The mm-hmm. Philosopher's Stone, I found a little bit disappointing. And part of it is because you are introducing this new world. And how yeah. do you do that? I mean, Chris Columbus had his work cut out for him. Um, and it was very it was very compartmentalized into those seasons. So it felt it felt a little bit disjointed to me. Um, whereas we got we got a lot smoother as we headed out later. But I get what you mean, because it was the introduction to this world. Yeah. And we were already so deep into the novels that maybe my brain was like, this world is already so much more complex. Yeah. That well, I was hoping to see that earlier. It's sort of like going, uh, you know, going back to my Disney example, it's like going on the uh, whatever they call the log right now, Big Splash Mountain, whatever they call it now. And it's that's a basic ride, but it's it's fun and you have that one bit of excitement and woo. Um, and that is that that's that first Disneyland experience. And then later on you go on Space Mountain. And yes, that's a lot more exciting and it's fast and the world is bigger, but there's something about that whimsy and that mm-hmm. magical moment on mm-hmm. the, the Splash Mountain. Yeah. That's yeah. why that's, that's why prisoner is mine because that was the my kids were younger and it was the one the last one I actually watched with my kids until they were older. Yeah. And so I think that there's a part of that nostalgia memory attached to that movie because we saw one, two, and three. And so I think that might be why it falls under my my favorite because yeah. I didn't see him with the kids and out at home until they were adults. So now prisoner of Askman, that that has a lot of love for me because I feel like that movie is that's the moment that, you know, his parents are gone, but he finds a father again mm-hmm. in serious. Mm-hmm. And it, it just that you could take the rest of the story and throw it in the garbage for all I care that part. And I, I mean, I love the rest of it, but that part is just so moving to me. Just that he was completely alone. Cause I mean, even, even his step parents were garbage you know oh yes well i mean and we did have all of that wonderful stuff with the time turner yeah um so which got a little much 
that's why I did. That's well, why see, the not thing in is, top. in the book, it was not. It, it was it great. Yeah. But in the film, you're you're dealing with a much more compressed time period where you're having to get so much information. And I thought they handled it as well as they could have. Um, but yeah, we did miss out on some of the really fun, juicy, the goodies. Yeah. 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 And um, and I recommend if you haven't done it in a while watch all the watch the whole series again like in like a two weeks span oh you mean my yearly tradition uh, that's what you should do because I just did it in 48 hours you get oh. wow. I, I, did, I just did it in the last week and a half because i was like, I did I I, yeah i started yesterday and i was like i haven't seen these in forever and so i just told sean leave me alone for the weekend i am binging and and, and i'll do I, I I read the books, I watched the movies, and then I listened to the audiobooks, which are fantastic, and then Wonderful. I watched the movies again. Yeah. Now, when I hit the movies this time, I noticed so much more that I've never noticed. It was yeah. just so. Now, okay, with that being said, um, why does this series translate so well between book and movie? Because it is not a page-to-page transition it there's a lot they miss out on there's some creative liberties they take that they shouldn't have but it's universally loved why do they both translate so well and i want to hear you guys opinions on this let's start with chris on this one how did i know because i do that to you all the time i know i missed it in your eyes don't pick me don't pick me so (laughs) 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 well i i think one of the reasons why uh, harry potter trained Translated so well from page to screen is because there are a lot of universal themes in all the books that just happen to be set in this fantasy sci-fi-ish realm of possibilities. There's just something magical about, Mm -hmm. uh, pun intended, there's something really that's magical about all the Harry Potter books. And I feel like the first book, for me, sucked me in to this world books two and three kept me in the world and then goblet of fire the best book of the whole series it just like cemented it as okay you, you gotta finish it through um plus the fact that they picked actors and they picked actors who one understood the part two looked like the characters and three did all of the movies yeah it's that continuity helps too. It's just I love Harry Potter. I can't I can't really find anything bad about it, except we'll get to that. Uh, on there's the- a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, but, but part two. Yeah, next, we'll, we'll talk about why the bad parts next week. <laughs> but it's just it's just it's just perfect. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings. How how it just works. Yeah. It just like Harry Potter just works. But I feel like Harry Potter is even more is more universally accepted than even Lord of the Rings as far as both. It's I really do. As a kid's book. Well, it's, it's part it's not, because. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, not so, not as a kid's book, but like it's like a young teenager. Yeah. Book. Yeah. Christina, what about you? Why do you think it works? I think it's rare when you have books and movies that have complex themes from from family themes to whimsical to dark and i think that there's a little bit of something for everyone and i think that's a part of the reason why it draws so many people in because i i feel like regardless as to whether or not they stayed completely on topic with like you know but those themes were consistent 
those, those themes were consistent throughout and you had moments that absolutely delighted you. And then you had moments where you were just ugly crying Mm -hmm. and, you know, but that's for me, I think the biggest thing. Tell me, what about you? Why do you think it translates? I swear that you just saw my inner Hermione in the back going, me, me, <laughs> That's me, why I didn't me. call on you for... <laughs> uh, because then because then the podcast would be over because I would have talked for the next 45 minutes. Because you do um, that every now and again. And we love you happen, for it. It does and I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, um, <you're> not. <laughs> there are two elements to why this is so universally loved. Number one, world building. When you talk about anything that that really hooks the general public, like Lord of the Rings, like Star Wars, like Harry Potter. You have this very um, deep world building. And, um, you know, JK's uh, descriptions, the way she, you know, what she is as a writer, you create these pictures in your mind very easily that when we ended up in the films, they actually, it, every everybody sort of, pictured almost the same thing which was then presented to 90 percent absolutely 90 yeah. percent and there was definitely a, a chunk that was not the other thing is that was just brilliant is the world of harry potter is reality adjacent Mm-hmm. So it's very close to what our our world is, the the, yeah. the relationships we have, the way we function in the world. And then physically, she puts it down an alley in London mm-hmm. with certain places that are in our world um, so that you, one of the most magical things about it is that you as a reader feel like at any moment your letter could arrive in the mail. Or you could walk down the wrong alley, in the wrong the wrong place, and end up in Diagon Alley, because it is so reality adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she blurs the lines. Of course, as we get later in the books, you start seeing those wizards come into our world, and we see people wearing some really crazy stuff, especially you know out here in New York, where it's like, <laughs> are they crazy, or are they a wizard? I don't know. <laughs> There's the possibility. The ones in Vegas are all crazy. I'll just give you that. (laughs) Super quick story. There was one time a a friend of mine was having a um, winter solstice party. And how I got my invitation was walking to the front door of my house instead of the garage, which I never do. Mm -hmm. And there was a parchment envelope tucked into the door with a wax Hogwarts seal. Everything was written in green acid ink, uh, inviting me to Professor Smethwick's. winter solstice party um terrace back if you're out there it's still one of my favorite invites ever because for that moment hogwarts is real and i think that you just hit the nail on the head on that with these you can know it's a fantasy you i mean you know it's not real but for the moment that you're in it it is Mm -hmm. you know and that is to me just the definition of being a geek it is in that moment, in that world, it's real. Everything else goes away. And, you know, and then I think another thing that no one's hitting on, but she definitely had some um, social views in Harry Potter, but it never felt pushed down your throat. And that's where I think that all these, the fandoms go wrong is, you know, it's, she definitely gave you this, I'm putting it out there and it's out there. Without it being all 
taking over the story. Go ahead, Chris. Well, just to comment on that, when I read and reread these books, I never picked up on any of like the potential exactly <laughs> stuff because I was so invested in the characters and the world in, you know, if Hufflepuff would ever win the house cup because I'm never because they all suck. Never. Um, <laughs> we're excellent finders, though. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's this. I mean, they're. And the writing is like just generally good, and it doesn't really talk down to you. And even like as a Jake, child's book, yeah. And th- she does a great job of yeah uh, talking about just love and acceptance throughout the whole mm-hmm. series, and it helps. I don't know when yeah. when my wife and I have that's that's weird to say. I've been married for a month and a half, and I'm still getting used to saying my wife. Um, my, wife my wife and I, my wife, my wife, how much? <laughs> <laughs> um, when we went down to uh, Universal Studios, we spent the whole day in the Harry Potter world, so we got to walk down through yeah. Diagon Alley, go on the Hogwarts Express, because and you in you know, the world. Yeah. I was in the world of Harry Potter. Sorry, to, sorry to go on that tangent. Oh no, that I had to. I I had to share that. You had to but, do it. But well, with, the other thing be, is, like yeah, all of her, all of her language, all of her linguistic choices about what exists in the Wizarding world have a lot of them have Latin roots. Mm-hmm. So first of all, we can relate as far as hearing the root and knowing how our language is spoken. And secondly, it then makes sense within our at least English speaking word. Yeah. Um, that, you know, Wingardium Leviosa makes makes perfect sense that that it's would not be Leviosa. It's Leviosa. Shut up, Hermione. I hated that character at that moment. Oh my god. Well, Dude, you know, because I knew that her- little girl when I was their age. I'm like, <laughs> I think, I think we, I think that's why this series is so universally loved. It's because we can envision ourselves as Harry, as Ron, as Hermione, as the twins, as Hagrid, or you know, Voldemort. As Draco. Or- you can even, I mean. Or Draco. It's true. Draco, yeah. Because I know I wanted to be uh, Snape at at points because yeah, he's my favorite. He's my favorite character. I promise we will Don't get a whole next episode. Yeah. We will do a whole discussion on Snape because that's an oh, important. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. Okay, so let's move on just a little bit. Goblet of Fire. We were we kind of hit on this earlier. Um, it really does mark the transition from a whimsy fantasy happy-go-lucky world into the very very steep cliff of darkness that we jump into what's your thoughts on this do you think it did they did it happen too fast did it happen too slow do you think it should happen at all should we have had a little more whimsy in these later books so i'm curious what are, what's your guys' thoughts on this i'm gonna wait on you chris because you want to answer that one too much <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me i'll give you this one first <laughs> I think it was perfect. Um, we grew up as he did. Mm-hmm. Even even though I started reading them as an as an adult, you you watched that progression. If it stayed in the whimsy, I think the world would have stagnated, and the story would have stagnated. He needed somewhere to go, oh. and you know you can't start it out with the weight of his parents being murdered by an evil <laughs> wizard. And not follow that through. If you kept yeah. it as whimsy, then it, it just diminishes that sacrifice. Fair enough. Christina? 
um, I feel like she just reached into my head and pulled out what I was. <laughs> it's not the first time she's done this. <laughs> Sorry, you no. get to do it first next time. <laughs> no, I absolutely 1000% agree that it it had to happen. And I think they keep enough of the whimsy in it going forward that you still see those little moments, but you can't resolve this conflict without it getting dark. Mm-hmm. So. Chris, you got something. Get away, I, Chris. You're about oh. to pop. It's oh, cute. like it's adorable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, as I've said at least a hundred times, and I'll say it a hundred times now and next week, the Goblet of Fire is the best book of the series because it is the turning point of the entire series. And the fact that J.K. Rowling built up to this level of darkness is incredible. Because as Satomi said, she starts the whole series off with, you know, his his parents were murdered murder in a kid's book and like she doesn't shy away from these darker themes in some of the other books too and they become more um prominent themes but we'll talk about that next week um this had to happen because also as Atomi said we grew up with them with each book Mm -hmm. Because if you notice on the books it says year one year two well you are literally in the right age bracket for it <laughs> that's not an insult. That's not anything like that. But yeah, you literally are the right age to have grown up with Harry Potter. I came the these books came out when I was ten, so about five years ago. Um, <laughs> so uh, it doesn't like, get old. Just, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, it never does. It never will. I'm gonna look like this forever, forever. Um, Bless you, Chris. Bless yeah. you. <laughs> um. But no, this like it had to happen. Like there's, there's no other way to because as we've all said, if it stayed in this whimsical, magical world where a bad guy here and there would pop up, it would get old. But the fact that she blurred the lines between reality and this fantasy world inside a fantasy, it's it's incredible. It's just. Yes, this book is perfect, and it had to happen. I feel like the books did a much better job of giving me more whimsy in those later books. Yes. Um, and I think that's that's where I think my issue is, as, as they kept getting darker and darker with the directors, because they had to outdo the director before, because we know how Hollywood works. I feel like the books kept enough whimsy to keep me so that I'm still like a kid, but the movies, they don't let you have that anymore. It's like grow up or just get off. And that, that that's that's my uh, so that's why I feel like it went off too steep of a cliff. But that's only because of the books, because I think the books gave me enough that it was it was more of a slow glide. But with the with the movies, I feel like it's a cliff straight down. You know, you're hitting a wall. I, I would also argue that um, the first movie and the Goblet of Fire movie are the best movies because they also take out yeah. a lot of stuff from the books like in the first book we're gonna hit from- that a second don't don't, okay. don't, don't give up don't give, I, I don't give show- your favorites away yet showing yeah. my panties i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i'll keep them hidden um i i, I can say that right yeah i won't get bleeped that. for that <laughs> yes <laughs> you can only say it once but you, you can say okay it. <laughs> okay so what actually you know what let's get to that right now um 
let's hear what are your favorite moments that were in the books or in the movies that did not translate into the um the movie or the book uh christina would you like to go first (laughs) that was very mean um for me it's one of the reasons i love uh prisoners prisoner of azkaban i can't talk uh because i thought chris was going to go first um the marauders it's such a great story. We see the map, but we don't get to hear the story behind it. And I feel like it really robs um, robs the entire plot line because it's so important yeah. to understand that. Like you get the information about Harry and his Patronus and the stag. And there's all of this meat that is just being left on the bone. And it frustrated me unbelievably, even though it's one of my favorite movies. Fair enough. Um, so tell me, what about you? <laughs> um, Christina, I think that's an excellent point. Um, mine is not nearly as astute. Mine is simply because I loved him and I loved all the stuff that happened with him that we we didn't get any of it. And that was all of the background on Nearly Headless Nick. Oh, yeah. You know, because you get somebody, you and get an actor Billy like Connelly John playing Cleese. Him. No, it's John Cleese. Oh, John Cleese. John Cleese. Yeah. yeah. You have, you know, you got John Cleese and he's, he's perfect for it. And so we it missed happened. his death day party. We missed, you know, the, the headless hunt. We get like one little glimpse of the headless hunt and we don't get all of the funny and then the sort of poignant that comes with it. And, yeah. you know, all of that, all of that fun stuff. I just, I just sort of missed it. Cause you know, he, he has like two lines in the first movie and two lines in the second one. And then he's, you Fun, know, for no reason. Yeah. Yep. And we lose him forever. Okay. Uh, <gasps> go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Go it's ahead. my turn. Uh, the Midnight Duel from the first one. They completely mm. cut it out. And that's like, that's like one of the key moments of that book. And that's why I kind of hate all the movies because unless if, I mean, they probably did this with Lord of the Rings too, but you can't cut out important scenes like that because like, yeah. that's like the like the bully says meet me behind the flagpole after school and they didn't show it they didn't do it like that's important in the books there's a they didn't lot have of a checkoff things. gun i mean they may yeah. mention it but they didn't show it <laughs> it's 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 like and you know the existence of peeves too they, yeah. they totally peeves. just like they just totally like gone gone what, where what the hell <laughs> yeah so you have a pet peeve Oh, I do. I, I have I have three issues from the that did that were in the books that I loved that did not get into the movies. One of them, there was a whole lot more about dragons in the books, and we got like 10 seconds of it. And I'm like, great. Um, the dragons are coming. Yay. Um, the 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 fact that there is like a whole subculture of elves that have to do all the work. Yes, they show the house 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 elves. But Hogwarts is just as cruel. They have thousands of them working all the time. I, and, it's know, funny. I actually was going to say I missed oh, spew. spew. Yes, I did yes. miss spew. And that I, I I feel like that was a necessary part of the story because it's it's magic with no with no consequences, mm. and that maybe that is part of the whimsy, but. There is no consequence to the match. There's nobody that's having to pick up the mess when they're done. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and then the the story of Fleur and the oldest Weasley brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they give you half a second. Like, who are these two people that? Yeah. The house is empty. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that is such a great love story. And how much the mom hate, hated her and oh, all that yeah. other stuff. And Although the, that doesn't start until five. Yeah, but we don't we don't see any of them. We don't see any of it. And the of course the the dirtbag Weasley brother. We doesn't exist. Percy. Oh, Percy. Percy oh, does not exist. Yeah. yeah, he had a better arc in the book. He yeah. has a f- yeah, well, he has an arc. There is yeah. he's head well, he's boy. in there, he's in there for like one second in uh the first two. Yeah, I'm, I'm, through, the, he- I'm, I'm the head, head boy. boy. Yeah, and then it's like suddenly he literally stops existing. He he pulled a chuck from happy days. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna move on real quick and we're going to jump on to our listener feedback. And now, let's see what all of our geek rock stars have to say. Okay, so while everyone else is gone and we're back and the magic of pre-production stuff, I guess. Okay, <laughs> so for our this, this listener feedback, we asked the question, what is your favorite book or Harry Potter movie and why? We have a metric poop ton of responses, so we them down and y'all know i'm not going to read it so christina would you like to read a few of these for us first of all wendell wants to personally thank you all because he got to use the term metric poop i did kind of poop yes it is <laughs> so a thank you for that we love the comments we love hearing from you guys so the first one is from our very own todd he said my favorite book is without question the first book, HP and the Sorcerer's Stone, the level of imagination it took to create the Harry Potter world and the magnificent cast of characters inside it is astonishing, which is true. And then Lee jumps in and tells us the Goblet of Fire, Voldemort being infinitely less existential and Cedric Diggory's death is heart-wrenching. Of all the movies, this rendition was the closest to the source. And then Crystal jumps in and she tells us my fandom, which we are thrilled to do this for people like you, Crystal. Uh, Favorite movies are the first two. They stayed truer to the books with that sense of magical innocence. And I miss loved Richard Harris as the perfect Dumbledore. But my favorite book was Prisoner of Azkaban, the chance for Harry to have someone from his parents that loved him and wanted him is always an attack on my heart. He gains family love, the one thing he's always wanted, which makes Order of the Phoenix that much more devastating. That is so awesome. Thank you guys for participating and, um, yeah, keep it coming, guys. We, we really appreciate it. It makes the show a million times better. You'll know that. And now back to the rest of the cast. Okay, so thank you for disappearing and reappearing. Poof. Huh? Um, magic. Magic. We we disappeared. Huh? <laughs> yes, we um, Okay, so I would like to hear what is so any of your favorite moments from the books, movies, in these first four books. Let's start with Christine on this one. The Marauders. In the, the Marauders, books. yeah. I, I, it was. I love that story, um, so much. Like, I think that I reread that section several times, and I was really frustrated when it wasn't in the movies. So I put it in the movies in my own brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I explained everything to Sean in detail. Lucky Sean. Nice. I, I have two that I want to hit. If you guys don't mind, 
Um, one of them I guarantee no one else thought of, but I really loved um, the Weasley dad that has such an interest in all muggle things and he doesn't understand any of it. And it just cracks. He's got Harry Potter right there and he's like, and he still doesn't get it. So how does a telephone work? I'm like, mm -hmm. he's I, like Scuttle from the Little Mermaid. I guess. And he gets everything wrong. And it's such a little fun moment. Um, another one that, especially with these first four books, I want to hit, even though you hate every second of it, the movies wouldn't have been the same is, uh, you know, what's happening with the Dursleys. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's your, it's your annual check-in with the Dursleys. Mm -hmm. And I, I loved it. I mean, it's terror. It's horrible. There are horrible people, but when those went away from the movies, I missed it. It's it. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's like this familiarity, even though it's terrible, you're familiar with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love some of that stuff. Yeah, I kept waiting yeah. for character development, though. So, <laughs> they, they, well, we'll get to that on the next. Episode. We'll get to We're that. Gonna, yeah, why they couldn't. Chris, do you have anything for us? I do. The entire Tri Wizard Tournament. Oh my gosh, book. you are such a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, no. Honestly, though, the fourth book is my favorite. Yeah. There's nothing bad I can say about that book. It it's just so what was, well. What was your favorite done. test? What was your favorite test? Uh, the dragons. <laughs> Thank you. Duh. <laughs> uh, followed closely by the final test where, Jeez. you know, they they find the... Thank you. They find the the, the hourglass. The goblet? Yeah. The goblet. And then, you know, stuff goes down. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And they didn't, well, the they didn't quite protect so us from more. Twilight. They wanted to, but no. they didn't protect us from Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> and the maze was so much more complex in the book. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that was yeah. 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 That was like a corn felt, maze. Yeah, I felt a little bit a little bit cheated in the film just because there yeah, That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I wanted my shining moment. But with that being said, you can still love it without True. while being so So Satomi, do you have one? Um I I do I have so many cuz I mean these these are just some of my favorite books of all time. Um, but I really adored and sort of missed all of the stuff around the borough. Um, they kind of, they made like a real cursory, like, oh, look, dishes are being done and knitting is being done. But, you know, we didn't get the gnomes and the denoming yeah. the garden. And then we got a real cursory look at the clock. And, You're you know, there's right. just the all books of are this. The, I love that world. Of the, and yeah. they seem and so how much. special the borough yeah. was. And they seem so much. It was so much more work. Yeah. And I think that there's something about that. Magic's not easy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, and we missed that. Yeah. You know, again, where you, it, we don't have consequences to any of the magic in the movies, in the books, the way they did that was just beautiful because there is a consequence to magic. It's mm -hmm. doesn't always work out like you want it to. Yeah. Okay. With that being said, let's go on to the main event. Now it's time for the main event. Okay, so for this version of the main event, we're not doing our top five list. Um, I gave a list of the characters we're going to talk about to the, the to the cast last couple days, and we're going to discuss these characters, the actors that played them, and everything else. However, 
if we didn't get to the characters that you like, calm down. Next week, we're doing the same thing, and we're going to have a lot more on the list. Relax. Relax. <laughs> we're okay. still going to miss somebody. You know it's going to happen. Oh, I, I'm thinking of some that we're missing already, but. Yeah, because my favorite character's not on here. <sighs> I, I take a guess, but I don't want to jump into it. So let's let's start with the granddad of them all, Harry Potter. <laughs> so I think that this kid, except for some of the later movies, was so brilliant in this role and could do no wrong. Daniel Radcliffe. I, yes, Radcliffe. I th- I thought it was I I I will disagree with you. I I I enjoy Daniel Radcliffe very much, but I think I afterwards very much... he could, but. <laughs> Uh, well, I very much felt like we watched him learn how to act through the movies. Really? <laughs> I really, really did. Especially if you watch, if you watch Philosopher's Stone, um, you know, he's, he's lovely, but you see that stiffness, especially in his arms. Um, he, I, I really felt that, you know, we, there, there was a moment when, was it Freddie Highmore that was up for it? Um Oh, he would have been terrible. Uh, it, no, it, 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 no, 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 it wasn't him. It was um, Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense. Uh, why am I Haley Joel Osment. Thank you. I think it was Haley Joel Osment. I think Spielberg um, was tapped at one point to direct, and he said, I'm only going to do it if you hire ha- um, Haley because he's phenomenal. And he's he is a phenomenal actor. He is, but a, I, could not have, I couldn't picture him as... Um, I th- well, and I think part of that is because we've had Daniel Radcliffe the whole yeah. time. And it's no offense to him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I definitely felt like we watched him learn how to act through the films. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, think- I would, I would agree. Uh, especially moments in the first couple of movies when he had to portray anger, uh-huh. it just did not translate well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now, now that we're talking about, it, I could pick apart a lot of things. Like he, he didn't feel like he was abused as he was, but again, whimsy, it's magic yeah i guess um but especially you know as you go i believed him as harry potter when when i read the books now it's his face i see it is interesting you know i I, writing wise oh go ahead i I was to say i actually didn't mind daniel radcliffe because he's he's my age so you grew up with it yeah i grew up with it um, but thinking about it, what y'all just said about him. Yeah, you're right. You're Thank you for right spoiling it, being... Satomi. <laughs> but but I will say for. this. Throughout the entire series of the books, there were moments where I just wanted to be like, Harry Potter, shut the hell up. He was That's such not a, a whiny thing. He was a he no 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 no. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the, Daniel the Radcliffe now. The I'm talking about the books. I'm yeah. talking about the books, the, the paper things. Um he was such a whiny little brat. I was just like, I couldn't stand Harry at some points in and this clueless. entire series. Book five. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, don't get me started. Oh, book five. We'll next talk week. about, we'll talk next about week. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I mean, uh, to, to hop on what, what Chris <laughs> is talking about, as far as he's written, even though I was like, I, I wanted to, sometimes I wanted to, you know, smack him right, right in the schnoz. Um, it was very accurate. Like yeah. we all go through those times in our lives where you look back and you're like, I was a little son of a gun. Yeah. And you know, you can see it. And oh, there so, it is. You 
know, I appreciate that she didn't make him out to be some sort of flipping saint because he yeah. wasn't. He was still yeah. human. He still responded to stress. He still lashed out to the people uh, at the people closest to him because that is a human behavior. Mm-hmm. So it was well written, like every book. Every book. <laughs> now, yeah. how did you feel with his character arc? And we're gonna at this point we can talk about the other movie, how he how it went, and that he was literally being primed to die the entire series. With Great. Him, with, that's a. <clears throat> That's, I, that's I was thinking about that story. as a character because, and that moment that it hits and he never smiles after that, even in the, in the movies or in the books, you, after he discovers that and he comes back, you don't see him smiling anymore. Harry's been through some stuff his entire life and basically being thrown into the limelight as the savior of the wizarding world. Yeah. yeah that's That takes a toll on him. And I thought the whole entire arc is just brilliant and the fact that you said like he was just basically a target the entire time he could die at any moment mm-hmm. like and he was being raised to die basically yeah that's like that's dark that's and really dark like jk rowling say what you want about her but she she did a very good job yeah. with this entire series and the character development now one thing with harry that they did the, that she did and it was very intentional. Remember, we talked about how he was able to make mistakes and all that. She basically gave him an excuse for everything at the end. That all these mistakes he's made, it's because he had a horcrux in him. So it really wasn't his fault. And he's perfect anyway. I that, and I think like that was that a cop was out. The I case. Felt, I, I don't think that like was that. the case. He's not. He yeah. no. That's how Sorry, I felt. You're wrong. <laughs> at least on my most recent watch. I, I mean, like, really? I think okay. it wasn't until we started getting, and we'll talk about it the next one, but I, I don't think it wasn't until the later books that the Horcrux really started taking hold. You yeah. know what I mean? It was so... Well, you I get a I, little bit with the snake in the first and all that. Yeah, but that's just the parcel tongue. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's, that's all. Just talking it's, it's snakes. Like, it's, <laughs> Hey, dude, I like snakes. I, I would I would dig that. Uh, although I don't want to sit and talk about, you know, eating rats all day. That's, that's <laughs> it wouldn't be one. Very one track minded. Yeah. Yeah. Beings. OK, so let's we got Harry down. Let's talk about his best friend, um, Ron. You could not write a better sidekick. And especially with the Tim way he's Gamgee. Well, th- he's the same character. Mm, no, Ex- except no. they made him bigger and stronger than Harry, and no, that, was, that was partially because Ron got Samwise was never a pain in the aspirations, and Ron definitely had those moments um, where they were very human moments where he was kind of, kind of um, a complete jerk. Yeah, but. You know what? I mean, everybody's had that friend that's more popular than you. That's yeah, but got the better everything. That, but, you know, well, you can't put that's those great. two characters together. But we're talking I, about Ron here. <laughs> I felt more sympathetic for Ron Weasley than I did, did for, for Harry Potter. Yeah. I did, oh, especially, yeah, absolutely. especially when they butt heads. Um, it's just like Ron just had to put up with Harry Potter, you know, being the famous cool kid, and he's just this, you know. The youngest brother hand- of the Weasleys, yeah. Gets all the hand-me-downs, and he comes from a poor wizarding family. And, and just, I love the di- that dynamic 
because you know that's what me and my best friend are it's like he grew up in this relatively wealthy family and i grew up kind of poor middle class hey, and, and who's the one ha- on a podcast now i'm just saying it's me! <laughs> <laughs> and i'm on broadway Booyah! well broadway's um, secondary you're on you're on yeah. iheart geek <laughs> but, but the po- yeah <laughs> Uh, the, but, but, but the whole, <laughs> damn it, uh, <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought, but, um, like the whole, the whole dynamic between Ron and Harry, it's like, I could sympathize with Ron because I was very much like Ron amongst my friends. So, the, you know, he, the yeah. only thing I want to say though, is realistically, I think that there were moments when Harry was misunderstood by Ron because like Ron, the first 11 years of Harry's life were not good. I mean, he lived in a little tiny cupboard under the stairs. And like in that very first scene when they meet and Harry's like, we'll take the lot of it. And he buys the whole cart. Harry was doing that out of genuine generosity. Hey, this is something I can do. I want to pay it forward. And you could already tell that that was going to become an issue down the road. So I think that sometimes when people are, they all of a sudden are in, you know, they get this, um, my brain stopped. Um, they get like a a windfall, like money and they want to pay it forward. Sometimes it absolutely can be like, oh, well, you're just trying to show off. It can backfire. Yeah. Well, I think what also helps, um, Ron, he, he is beautifully written in the books, but what helps him in the movie is we did have Rupert Grint, who we did not watch learn how to act. He's a very natural yes. actor at a very young age and continues to be a very talented actor. And grew um, into the part with the and size. And he grew, exactly. He grew with the role. So by the time we were hitting those later films, I mean, he was, we we bought him hook, line, and sinker. Um, so that we, we got sort of a, a treat with him. Okay, now let's move on to um Hermione you know the the mm-hmm. the third part of the 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 friendship triangle um we're going to talk about it a little bit next episode but that's that was just a bad matchup between her and Ron we will get to that next next week i promise spoilers um, i have uh, i have opinions about what you just said we, okay well we'll we'll hit it we'll hit it next week mm-hmm. but honestly a character that you do not, if if you did not read the books, you do not like this character until at least the second movie. Well, except for when she lies for them. I mean, yeah. the same moment in the book as they do in the movie. But it felt a bit weaselly to me. Well, to me. part of it is, I mean, we're going to go back to the actor versus yeah. the book. Because she's another she one that we watched yeah. her learn how to act. You know, so we didn't see we saw the wheels turn in a very okay. I'm going to think now. You know what I mean? It's just it was it was a little contrived, and it wasn't as it, natural as Rupert Grint. It was yeah, and it comes with her youth, and I don't blame her for it or anything. It's just I think you we would be having a very different discussion if we had stronger actors in those roles. Very good. I in the books because. In the books, I like the books better than the mm-hmm. movies. Um, Hermione was always that one kid in class who always had the answer, who always had their hand up when clearly no one else read the books or did the homework. Like she was that know-it-all. Were you who supposed actually, to give who, us homework? Yeah. She's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's like everyone 
can relate to her to like this like all these characters are so relatable yeah. because they're grounded in reality mm -hmm. and with hermione she she was uh i'm gonna name drop someone i don't know if they listen her name was raquel george she sat in front of me in all my high school classes and she was that person because she was very smart and just you know she wanted to learn and wanted to be uh like valedictorian i don't know if she became valedictorian no she didn't but yeah we all have that in jersey i'm like hey i'm just kidding yeah. it's a joke i love you jersey okay sorry <laughs> i'm smart kinda <laughs> i didn't breathe in all the toxic waste <laughs> from the dump he's toxic uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah hermione <laughs> Christina, what you got anything about Hermione? Okay, I was I was Hermione in school. Um and Hermione? Hermione. No, I I had that I had that overachiever mindset. Um so I think I related to her different than most people because for me I understand where I came from. So I created where she came from in my mind. I mean, she's not a pure wizard. She had a lot to prove. And, you know, she had a desire to learn. And uh, that was me 100%, you know, queen of imposter syndrome. <laughs> like I had to be the best at everything yeah. because I always had this feeling that I wasn't good enough. And you can see that, especially as, mm -hmm. as Emma Watson grows as an actress, you start to see those underlying tones a lot more. Yeah, And so that's something that I, especially in another reason why I like Prisoner of Azkaban is because I feel like she really started to get the job, get the role. And I really felt like I connected yeah. more. Now, this she, is, oh, go ahead. She was the star of that book. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now I want to throw this in there. This We're only going to talk about this for like literally 30 seconds because we're almost out of time. But where I think that Rowling's went wrong is when they the character of luna lovegood should have been part of of that should have been a foursome of friends i think that that would have made everything more interesting but because they introduced her so late she never was able to go ahead that she's like you saw later but i think that luna lovegood is probably one of the most fascinating characters they had and i think that she, but honestly i think she probably would have stepped on harry's toes because she is that special I would argue that Neville Longbottom should have been the fourth friend in the group. I agree, but I don't. He, because he, he was too nerdy. He, I, he, 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 yeah. You no, know, this is a geek show, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. There's levels of nerd. Let's be honest. We all know there's levels of geek and level of nerd. I think that Longbottom is the nerd that the nerds are picking on. It's but true. he's also he's important by the end of the series he he's a complete badass oh i, I completely agree that. yeah and i yeah i think that he could have been the chosen one because he they do he go the into that things, a little but bit yeah, but i do. i would argue that there is no need for a fourth because um i mean i would i mean for me personally um my friendship my tight tight friendship circles tend to come in threes mm -hmm. Um, there's That's something about, yeah, <laughs> well, there's, there's something about that, you know, that the strength of that tripod, mm -hmm. um, you know, that you, 
for for me it it made sense and i think it would have taken it off balance to add a fourth because then you have this chance for them to pair off yeah. and separate yeah. and so, i love luna but i think she showed yeah. up right at the right time i'd agree and okay. i agree i love luna too she's yeah. wonderful she's such a great character okay now let's get through these next three real fast let's talk neville since we've already been there a little bit great character could have been the one or could have been the chosen one um I loved watching him grow and he turned into like freaking super beefcake after yes, he uh, did. these movies ended. <laughs> yes, he did. Watch the syndicate. I mean, good grief. I mean, dear God, I, I, I'm straight as the, as, as a line, but wow. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that they did a great job of casting him and let's kind of move on a little bit. I want to hit two more people and then we're going to end this episode. Um, first one being Sirius Black. Mm-hmm. I think his casting was incredible. Oh, yeah. Even though he was truly frightening looking when you saw him with Harry, you still bought it. But I think that it's just he's such a great character. Let me hear what your guys' thoughts are real quick on Sirius Black. Perfection. I mean, yeah. it's Gary Oldman. How how you, you just can't Gary Oldman can do anything, yes. Well, he's he's got that ability to to move from the wild to the gentleman mm-hmm. um, with such ease so that you can. So his arc, his full arc that we get in both the book and the the films. I mean, yes, they could have gone deeper with the Marauders, but they, it makes perfect sense. And he's always got that underlying bit of danger and recklessness. Yeah. So he, he already is serious black in so many ways so that when he put it on, it was like, yep, and we're in. Done. Chris? Gary freaking Oldman. Um <laughs> he, he he was perfect. Um and in the book, the arc is perfect because he's that father figure that Harry wanted desperately. Needed. And needed. And yeah. then I'll conclude that sentence in part two. <laughs> Christina, any thoughts on Sirius Black? Exactly what they said. Like it you there's this why I, else. this is why I call on you first. <laughs> Okay, so, and finally, Dumbledore. Now, I got to get this out before everyone else says this, or talks about him. Um, two two actors that played him. The second one was better. Um, fight me. Ooh. I don't care. And and I would have loved this character till the day I died if I would have never read the second half of Deathly Hallows. And being how, what a dirt ball he was. Some of the evil things that he pulled off made me hate. Go back. And preemptively hate everything that I loved about him before. That is some good writing. <laughs> I did not have the same response, but go ahead. Christina, fire away first. I ironically, I feel similar as far as like when you it's that moment that you find out that Harry's just being prepped for this horrifying destiny. And I was like, Oh, you didn't care about him at all. Like, I think as a as a parent, I was so angry. He was Slytherin. Uh, yeah, I was so angry. Um, and I was like, "You are, you suck." <laughs> so, Tommy, I'm dying to hear because you you look like you're about to pop. You guys are wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because what I think, well, first of all, Richard Harris, I think was just miscast. 
I think he was simply miscast. Um, he's a he's a wonderful actor that was just simply miscast. Oh, I think um, he was, I think both of them I think were brilliant. And yeah, it, yeah, I think I think Richard Harris he was he was too too old and frail for the role. Yeah. And then when we switched to um to Gambon, I'm saying his name wrong because I've never heard it pronounced out loud. Um, but uh, I love him as an actor, and I've been a fan of him. For, of, of his without knowing how to pronounce his last name. Um, the actor got to stick at, together. It's great. At first. <laughs> I know. I know. I, Hey, listen, the, the mispronunciations of my name floating around the world are spectacular. <laughs> um, and these are by people who know me anyhow. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, go ahead. he was mm -hmm. almost, he was almost, no, it's usually Santomi or tsunami, but anyhow, <laughs> that's um, cool. He Sorry. was, he was almost like, I was, I, I missed some of the more, some of, I, I wanted something sort of a little bit in between the two. Mm -hmm. um, but what what it did for me was it gave Dumbledore an incredible amount of depth because those decisions he made, it's those it's those moments in your life where you're like, I know what I know what has to be done. So this is what's going to happen. I'm going to do it. And then as you actually come about having to act on that decision, it's like the guilt and the the challenge and the having to he's he says it when he says it's about uh, when you have to choose between what is right and what is easy. And that literally is his philosophy. Mm. And when we do go into his youth where he was doing some roll dumb stuff. But again, that's human. We've all done roll dumb stuff. If you've been on this planet long enough. You've got stuff that it's like, wow, wow. If you're lucky, you're old enough that it wasn't on social media. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I so, did my dumb stuff before there was an internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I apologize to the people that were affected by the dumb stuff I've done in the past. Um, but, you know, and then you make decisions that change your trajectory and turn you into the person you are now because you made those dumb decisions and looked at them and went, that is not who I want to be. You know, yeah. we all try on personalities growing up. We all try it on. And you there see was, Dumbledore trying it on. I and then get it. Like, that's not who I am choosing to be. I get but then, it. But there was one line. There's one line he said, and I never picked up on it until this last viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snape said, we've got to protect him. He goes, what's in it? Or what good will that do me? And I'm like, you suck. How do you know he wasn't saying that to help Snape with what he was going to have to do? I, I with the way know. that all came out, I just, I could not give him the, the way I, the way it affected me, I couldn't give him the benefit of the doubt. I thought he was like, dude. No, I wish I they would have pushed you off the tower a lot earlier. What Dumb the heck, Dumbledore man? is always playing a long game because remember, <laughs> he also says, I didn't count on the, how much I would care about you. So I, there, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I win. I'm just saying that this is why I don't agree with you. <laughs> I think oh, that, I, that, that's fair. That's, I think I could have been more forgiving if they would have had some sort of subplot of him looking for alternatives that maybe we didn't understand until we found and that wasn't out in the book, so it wasn't anywhere. Yeah. So I think, I, and, and again, strictly for me, it comes across that it just 
grates me the wrong way as a parent. And I forgive all the stuff he, the dumb stuff he did when he was young. It was just that moment. Yeah. But okay, it, Chris, yeah. round us out. Uh, quickly, I, it would have been interesting to see how Richard Harris would have done the Finished rest it. of the yeah. series if he didn't pass away. But Michael Gambon, Gambon, Gabon, or however you say his name, uh, mm-hmm. I thought he was great, except I feel like he yelled all of his lines. Um, <laughs> did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? When in the book, yeah. it's just like, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? I don't know. Yeah. Choices, acting. Um, Dumbledore... Uh, I also loved because he's kind of this gatekeeper to Harry Potter because he knows everything about what's happened and what's going to happen. And he sort of navigates and pushes Harry in the right direction whilst also making sure, you know, he's kept safe. So... In a sense, he he plays this long game of withholding certain uh, bits and pieces of the puzzle until they need to be revealed. Yes, he, you know, he's done some shady things, as we've alluded to. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, he's one of the best characters in the book because he's also the voice of reason. Um, And I, I, I can't. I'd say he's most interesting. I'd agree with that. Yes, he is. Yeah. Like it's like him and Hagrid. He's more, are kind he's more of like, interesting than Harry, by far. Yeah, yeah. I I read an entire book about Dumbledore that isn't the Fantastic Beasts series. Uh, um, uh, uh, well, and I mean to but, that point, how do we know that that Dumbledore didn't know slash suspect slash hope? How do we know that? Because remember, he says that he has to, that Voldemort must kill him himself. Mm. So how do we know that he wasn't heading Harry in that direction because he knew it was the only way that Harry could be saved? I I think I would, I would love it. I would love it if I really believed that was what was going on. Yeah, but it's actually a very fair point because when now, thanks for making my brain think, Satomi. Um, he couldn't have told he couldn't have told Snape that because it could have gotten back. So it could have gotten back. It could have changed how yeah, Snape whether changed. or not Snape would go through with yeah. okay Kedavra. Yeah, and with that said, <laughs> this, this argument is over. We got it. We got to come back next week. Um, check out all our stuff. Thank you guys so much for sitting through our Harry Potter madness. Uh, I'm Dub. I'm here with Christina. I'm here with Satomi. I'm here with Chris. Keep on geeking on, guys. We'll see you next week for more Harry Potter. You've been listening to the latest episode of the iHeart Geek Show. Make sure you visit our website at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you check us out on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And keep on geeking on to all of you geek rock stars.